it's a lot of pressure learning about cybersecurity, but it's also been a known fact that if you can teach someone something, you end up digesting that information just as well as them. And we're going to be talking about that and how you can teach someone about cybersecurity, especially your kids, because your kids are next up in the docket for cybersecurity and having the bad actors go after them. So we want to give you some tips. I'm joined today by Adam Bergenheyer from WatchGuard. Well, what's up, Adam? Hey, Sherry. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks Good. for having me. Yeah. So, you know, we pulled in WatchGuard for this because we trust them for all things security. And, uh, you know, Adam came into town town recently for the Virginia 10 miler um, and we co-sponsored that together. And we were talking about, you know, hey, what do we want to talk about on the podcast? And we were also thinking back to all the things that WatchGuard brought in to give away to the community. And one of those items is a booklet for kids. And it was basically talking about cybersecurity and crypto for kids so they kids can have an understanding and uh, enjoy a coloring book uh, along with it. So uh, Adam was like, let's talk about cybersecurity for kids. And there's so much that we can talk about there, but we're just going to high level it. Right, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. I love that little pamphlet too. Um, you know, introducing like uh, cryptography to kids, right? I always, yeah. you know, when I was a kid and I heard about that stuff, I always thought of, you know, secret agents and spies and, and it was, uh, it was always really cool. Maybe I can put my sandwich in a in a in a box with some crypto codes on it and nobody will mess with it. Or at least that's what my imagination told me. Right. Yeah. And you know, a lot of a lot of kids went up to our, our table at, at the Virginia 10 miler looking at the book and they were amazed. And even the the parents right behind them, they're like, Oh, this is cool. And they didn't really, I guess they didn't think about their kids when it comes to cybersecurity. But the kids are online. They can't, you know, you can't block them from on from going online because they have friends who are online and they're going to find a way, right? Yeah, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a dad. I've got a, I've got a kid and his, he's 10 and a half and sometimes comes off like he's three and sometimes comes off like he's 33. But that's fair. I, I think, uh, when it comes to security, um, we don't really think about that all the time as parents, right? Even if we, you know, even myself working in cybersecurity or talking about it every day, right? It, you know, unless we go and specifically tackle it, right? It can be really easy for for us to uh, almost kind of sideline it. And, uh, you know, because we go about our day by day, got to get the kids here, got to get them to school, got to do this. Um, and it can be really easy for that not necessarily to be front of mind until something happens, um, right. until we run into a cyberbullying incident, maybe some sanctity of data, um, maybe not, uh, maybe you're responding to like a smish. Right. Yeah. And if for those of you who are listening and you don't know what a smish smishing attempt is, it's um, basically a phishing email, but it's rather a text message sent to your phone. So the same mm -hmm. approach where a, a bad actor will send you a phishing email at work, they can do the same thing um, via text message. So going back to cyber and the kids, if your your kiddo has a, um, a phone that they use to, you know, hang out in and go to friends' houses and call you, say, hey, I'm ready to get picked up. Well, a bad actor 
who has been watching you and your kid, and that sounds creepy, but they can do this, um, ends up getting that number, says, you know, something along the lines of, hey, click here for a free $100 Amazon gift card. Uh, like you're a winner for, for you know, uh, hanging out with with Gary V and doing the V friends and, and all the NFTs, because I'm sure they're getting into that as well. And they fall for it and they click on the link that's in the, um, the text message. Well, it could take them over to a landing page where they have to sign up for something, or maybe they ask for your credentials to the Amazon account. Well, now they just basically, I won't say hacked, but they definitely scammed the kids and you via your kids' text messages. So having, having a a foundation to teach your kids the importance of cybersecurity and just teaching them how to be aware of certain text messages, certain emails, especially with kids going back to school and they have their own computer and their own email. You know, there's a lot out there that you can teach them, you know? Yeah. Well, let's let's preface it by this, that, you know, even if we were to break down every topic and every age group, for for kids up until young adults and we were to talk about every different facets we could have a 10 podcast series and still not get deep enough yeah right so you know folks i would say you know take today as a starting point and not necessarily as a, as an all-encompassing end-all be-all for for everything from sherry and i uh, but but think of it as a great way to start the conversation with your kids to start maybe doing some exploratory research for yourself, maybe even time to reevaluate yourself and how you um, conduct your own personal cybersecurity, how you conduct your own interactions with technology um, and go from there. Yeah. Um, so I know there's one tip I, I want to get across that can definitely be implemented um, as soon as possible, really. You know, growing up, I was always told you don't talk to strangers. Right. Um, I grew up in the martial arts industry and, and the number one, uh, I guess it was like a, a martial arts move, I guess you could say. But really, it was to drop down on your back and you kick and you put from the back from from your back and you say, you're not my mom. You're not my dad. I don't know you. You're a stranger. And that was that was ingrained in us as a kid because you know there were people taking kids away and it was the bad guys well take that approach from the same perspective of cybersecurity. now that doesn't mean every time you get a, a smishing text message you text them saying you're not my mom you're not my dad you're a hacker i wouldn't do that necessarily but instead you say look this is what you want to look out for text messages that look like this. If there's a link in there, um, an unknown number you don't want to respond to, or even if for email, give them pointers on phishing emails. Say, hey, I get this at work and this is something I want you to be aware of. Um, same thing when it comes to signing up for uh, different, you know, kid-friendly uh, uh, games online. Not all of them are kid-friendly. Now, I'm not saying you need to block your child from the internet because, again, they're going to have access. But teaching them little bits of pieces such as, hey, if if they misspell your name or if they misspell something in the sentence, maybe you may not want to, to follow up with them. Or if you just don't know about it, ask me as your adult, as your parent, as your guardian, um, and, and I'll give you some pointers on if it's safe or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think 
I think there's a couple things that we can expand on there. So, um, you know, just because we're talking about, you know, and just anything that connects, right, doesn't mean that everything is scary, right? There's a, right. there's a lot of good out there and a lot of great things we have to do. It's just that the mindfulness really is developing that mindful approach and helping kids to yeah. understand and, and develop their own mindful approach. And there's going to be times when things happen, right? Just like every entity today, right? There is no silver bullet. There is no right. absolute surefire way to say this will make sure that I never have I'm never taken advantage of or I'm never exploited, right? There's there's no right. for sure fire way, right? And if you ever go down the path of having a conversation around security and cybersecurity and somebody says this will make sure you never get this, you should probably run the other way because there's yeah. no truth in that, right? Uh, exactly. Attacks are always evolving. They're uh, malicious actors are finding new ways to circumvent known security postures and, and ways that we reduce our t attack vectors our attack surface, right? So it's happening all the time. So just know that it's not a matter of if, it's probably a matter of when. And most commonly, it'll probably be somebody you have an account with, maybe their data, maybe they were breached and some of your data got out of line. That's probably the most common way that, you know, you're gonna run into a cybersecurity issue, right? Um, and then run into things like a smish, uh, a phishing email, Right. And and go from there. So I would say, you know, what we need to do with, as far as developing that mindfulness is is almost like what you might hear in cybersecurity today with zero trust. Right. And that sounds a little bit paranoid <laughs> and there's yeah. some good reason for it. But, you know, right. as you start talking to your kids, you know, a especially for younger kids, I would say, you know, parental controls are your friend. And, you know, mon especially monitor, you know, what your kids have access to or not, right? And just maybe not allow some things. But, you know, as as your kids start growing up and start getting into the the double digits age, right? You want to make sure that they're educated enough to, to spy things on their own, right? Um, this email, you know, where, where did it come from? This person online interacting with you, are they really that person, right? Um, anything from uh you know anti-kidnapping uh policies like code words it sounds so mm -hmm. silly but having um yeah a code word that you know right so in interacting with somebody online hey what's my code word oh i love it, that it sounds so silly but just like interacting with people from you know picking up from school hey who's this person yeah. um establishing routine uh, you know, almost secrets between the family as far as knowing like what's safe and what's not. Um, almost like a handshake, almost like a VPN per se. Yeah. It sounds so silly and cheesy, but there's a lot of truth in that. So I think, you know, when you when you break down like how and where you start talking with your kids, it depends on the age, I think, right? So younger kids, you want to lean on just what do they have access to or not? And if they have access to it, what can you do with parental controls or not before you open up YouTube yeah, <laughs> or something else? You know, what controls do you have as a parent? What limitations can you put on there so that you can't go clicking on things? Is it something where if you're going to watch a video, you're in control of the physical device and then you remove it from them when they're done, right? Yeah. 
watching YouTube for six hours a day can lead to all sorts of different rabbit holes, right? And expose your kids to all sorts of different things. Shoot, look at the comments on any video. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I think you I, have to be aware of that. I agree. I, I think he brought up some great pointers. Um, I, I actually pulled up a little website. So if anybody's interested, I'm, I'm pulling this from Caspersky.com. Um, and it's called How to Teach Your Kids About Cybersecurity. Very basic to the point. And I got some stats from here um, in reference to, let's see, 44% of kids ages 8 to 16 are online constantly with a preference for entertainment and social media apps, right? Mm -hmm. And then 40% of children reveal sensitive information online, including their home address. So going back to that password, you know, having that secret within the family saying, hey, what's the passcode? And making sure that passcode isn't already leaked somewhere online. Um, maybe change it, you know, every year or something. Um, a third of young people lie about their age online. So that's another loophole on how they try to get online. Um, and yet, you know, they have a lot of great tips on here. And there's one thing on here that stood out the most to me um, in reference to using the right tools to help keep your kiddos safe. Um, and it's I almost, I don't want to say it's it's like, you know, you're the IT person of your kids or of your household, but there's some similar similarities here that I want to point out. Um, talking about, you know, antivirus at home, the uh, internet security, having an antivirus in the background, um, like, I, like I said, at home would, would definitely kind of um, help and help with, you know, any, any bad actors. Um, and then anti-phishing, talk to them about what a phishing email is. We talked about this along with a smishing email. Webcam protection. If someone gains access to a webcam, they may be able to spy on you or your children. So, you know, a lot of kids were doing a lot of Zoom calls and just kind of keep them aware of, hey, when you're not using the webcam, make sure you, you, um, you know, put a little blocker on it. Then you have your content blocker goes back to the parent, um, you know, restrictions of VPN. We can get even deeper here. And of course, the password protector. I think that's another crucial one. What do you think, Adam, in regards to password protectors for kids? So I think, yeah, that's that's a good thing to explore. And I think those are all very good things to start with. And I'll expand on your first point, right? So you mentioned, you know, you're not the IT person for your household, but I, I would disagree. You know, I think really when it comes down to is you as as a household, right? You and and uh, your your partners or whoever you know is is kind of leading your kids together, right? You need to understand that whatever education and enablement or non-education or non-enablement comes from it from like a security posturing, like ultimately at the end of the day, you set the tone for right how you raise and develop your children, um, yeah. and I would encourage you to go. Uh, explore some basics of what can I do to be safe online? What can I do to um, uh, better better uh, enable my kids? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you are probably your biggest threat to yourself. Yeah. And your kids, unbeknownst to them, are probably their own biggest security risk, right? Let's be real. Um, kids figure things out, and they're always smarter than um, than we expect. Um, or at least maybe that's just me and, you know, the gray hairs of my beard coming out, right? But, yeah. you know, I think, uh, you know, kids find a way, right? Like, 
at my computer lab at my high school, I got into the school network and I I messed around in there and I didn't know what I was doing until somebody came and talked to me. Uh, <laughs> that was exciting, but you know, I had no idea what I was doing or the potential that I could go hurt something or hurt myself, right? Please. We are our biggest risks and your kids right. is the biggest risk to yourself, right? So like you said earlier, right? They get into a chat room and a game. Yeah. Uh, they get access to a phone or a device and they click on something they shouldn't. And that could that that could be a nefarious link. It could be a man in the middle attack, maybe circumventing what might look like a safe website or something. It might look like a family member asking for, you know, some money. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it's very true and it happens all the time. And you know what? Adults fall for it too every once in a while. We right. have to pay attention to it too. So I think those are all very good things. So every strategy that you mentioned, right, from antivirus to semantic phishing to, uh, you know, password protectors for kids, right? There's a lot of great things out there and a lot of great things you could do. But what that is, is directly talking to a concept called the cyber kill chain. Yes. So the cyber kill chain, there's there's a few different things and aspects of that. And I, I don't want to dive too much into it, but but think of it, all it's doing is adding redundancies and reducing what is called your your attack surface, right? So or what we're doing is we're minimizing in as much as possible the spaces that somebody could breach your defenses, breach what you're doing, figure out what's going on, take advantage of something. We're, we're trying to reduce that as much as possible, right? So when you have multiple strategies, um, you're enhancing that cyber kill chain, right? Yeah, you might not have a massive firewall or other items at your house you could but yeah. uh that's something that we need to be aware of right so so whatever we can do to reduce that absolutely right you know should your kid have uh, you know anti basic antivirus and malware on their phone yep should they have that on their other devices or um maybe you know if you've got a family shared computer yes those should absolutely be there those that's the very basics is it going to stop everything no Right. I agree. And, you know, going back to having a strategy, um, I'm going to bring up YouTube. However, take it take it from this perspective. Let's say every Sunday you and your family uh, go out and you have breakfast together and you just catch up with each other from the week. Right. And you come home and typically it's just like a chill out day and everybody does whatever they want to do. Well, take about five to ten minutes and sit down with your family all together, your kids included, and go on YouTube and look up Malware Bites. They have some great videos that are kid-friendly talking about cybersecurity awareness for kids. And it's entertaining and it, it, it gives them the basic background of how to be cyber safe. And it could just be a little family moment, have a, a little 10 minute powwow and at the end say, hey, what did you learn? Now, how can we start implementing this, you know, starting tomorrow and, and do that once a week? That is a strategy that will build your your family to be stronger online and in person. Absolutely. Some great people over there, too. Great company. Um, yeah. Well, let's expand upon. So there's a few different aspects of cybersecurity, right? So yeah. it's not just a physical security aspect, you know, for your house or your child, right? Physical security is a very different beast, but it's absolutely a part of part of that greater security mindset. 
you know there's there's data sanctity right so like is is your data getting out there and being taken advantage of that's a very common uh breach of cybersecurity versus you know like is you know a hacker in a hoodie in a dark room you know with matrix letters flowing through the wall specifically targeting you probably not <laughs> but that doesn't mean it might not happen so let's talk about data yeah so data is where i think a lot of the abuse comes from is a lot of the exploitation right look at look at the experian breach a few years ago right major credit bureau and regardless of your thoughts of credit yeah. uh, as a whole um how much personal data got out there social security numbers phone numbers emails um look at medical records right seeing hospitals right. getting breached your entire medical history online right medical records are worth more online than a credit card number right because somebody right. can almost completely spoof an identity um how do you fight that so there's a few things is never put personal information online uh and no well let me back up a little bit further um <clears throat> you need to tell your kids anything that they put online you're you're never going to be able to take it back right right it's not like a snapchat right where yeah. you send a picture and it's gone it doesn't matter it's always there right if yeah. your pic your your kid takes a picture of something and sends that to a friend puts that online in some form you have to you have to absolutely assume that that data is out there forever in yeah. some way yeah. um right we can't assume that uh the entities that we have accounts with are going to be secure we can't assume that that data that they have that they're always going to be good stewards no matter how good they truly are um we have to assume that data is going to be out there forever and i'm not just talking pictures right i'm also talking your full name yeah your email address your uh your Emails, personal messages. identify and anything right anything yeah. can always be out there right um shoot you know uh i can't tell you how many emails i've gotten in the last 15 years really um i use a company called id watchdog it's uh one of uh, various companies out there that it it informs you of any personal um breaches that have your data in it yeah right and man i'll tell you how many it, it's it's always concerning at least a couple every year hey by the way this company was there was a breach and your data was probably in it yeah right right so there's a few things that we can do so a you know you develop that understanding with your kids that everything you do online has an inherent risk put onto it and it's not a bad thing we shouldn't be scared of it we shouldn't not engage mm -hmm. but that you're not going to get it back right so let's say i mean let's look at you know let's go to the extreme and let's talk about revenge porn it's a horrible yeah. thing out there right it's very prevalent today because it's an extreme form of cyber bullying and abuse but it happens right it might be that maybe you know it's maybe you're your kid has a boyfriend or a girlfriend and maybe they send themselves a, send them a suggestive picture right it happens right as much as we as parents don't want to think about it it happens yeah if something goes bad that that other you know your kids significant other maybe they're not together or not and they decide well i've got this incriminating photo i'm going to do something with it. i'm going to airdrop it to all the kids in class 
Yeah. I'm going to post it online. I'm going to do this, right? It's uncomfortable to think about, but that is the reality of what does happen all the time. And then also, you know, I'm I'm a full advocate for the practice what you preach perspective. And, you know, let's let's take it to like where it it's time to go back to school, right? And we all know what to expect from the moms when the kids go back to school. The beautiful sign that says, my name is, my age is, my school teacher is, um, my favorite color is, you know, it has so much information about the kid. And 90%, um, that's a rough number, I would almost say 90% of the mothers are actually using that information in their passwords. So if you're trying to come up with a new password for the year, Nine times out of 10, it may be the the teacher that your kid has that year with, uh, you know, one exclamation point. And it's like, come on, you, you are literally giving your child's information away out into the dark web if it gets uh, breached. Same thing with social security numbers, same thing with their birthdays. I mean, that opens up another um another whole avenue where talking about, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it was an internal threat at a school and he or the significant person uh, gained access to about a group of, of kindergartners and all of their social security numbers. And he took those social security numbers and, and their personal information and opened credit cards mm -hmm. and purchased things under the under the kindergartners names. Yep. And when they turned 18, they have a whole record of, of a, a bad record of financial usage that they just turned 18 on and now it's on them for life. Yeah. So, you know, going back to securing your kids and practicing what you're preaching to not only keep them safe, keep them safe, but also yourself safe from mm -hmm. anything potential. Yeah. Right. Like those social media plugins, those quiz generators, uh, the what have you done generators that answer <laughs> these 20 questions about, you know, your favorite color, your, you know, when was your first boyfriend? When was your, what did you do, of, like, gosh, what never don't answer those. <laughs> right. It might be fun to like do that on an offline conversation. Like, oh man, I have been to all of these states. Oh yeah, yeah. I did do that. Oh yeah. But as soon as you do that online or you have a, a social media plugin that like helps you and facilitates that, like you are the product at that point, right? And your data is going somewhere. And that's very often, very often used from bad actors to gain insight and information to spoof right. you, right? And so if your kid goes and fills out some social media survey at 13 in some form, is that a good idea? I don't know. Let's talk social media too and kids and, and cybersecurity, right? So yeah. You know, I think, you know, social media is a whole nother bucket that we can go on yeah. all day long. And ultimately you're gonna have to make the right decision for you and know that, you know, just like any other interaction online, there's always inherent risk that that comes with that. But we can absolutely talk about some things that we know are not safe. Let's pick on TikTok. Hey man, I agree. I love TikTok, but yeah, it's there. <laughs> so, I mean, it's obvious, right? That like, you know, when federal entities say like, hey, man, this is this is not safe. Yeah. <laughs> Your data right. is absolutely being harvested. 
this and this, right? Like at that point, should your kid be using something like that? Should they be taking right. images of their face, right? Put take a picture of your face on there. Somebody else can use it for whatever else. Right. Uh, right. That's extremely real. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I, you know, it was so much of an uproar in 2020 and and I couldn't agree more with the security aspect and mm -hmm. from a marketing perspective it's tough for me to talk about this <laughs> oh, I know. but you know when it comes to your kids I, I I truly believe that when you turn 18 you are responsible for your for for what you do so what you mm -hmm. want to do have at it I don't care but in regards to keeping the kids safe just do your research and be devil's advocate when it comes to social media and the different platforms. There's so many platforms and a lot of platforms out there that are for kids that maybe shouldn't be for kids um, or, or, or are decisive when it comes to the kids. So um, doing the research is very important. Um, and then also taking time to educate kids on, you know, this is why we don't want you on X, Y, and Z. Not because we told you, but because there there is a risk, you know? Yeah, you know, and I think, I think all things inherently have risk, right? And it's just, it's just what we can do to mediate that and take, you know, a gambled safety risk and know that at some point it's gonna, like there's, there's probably gonna be something that happens. You know, right. I think uh, let's talk about another avenue of cybersecurity and kids. Let's talk about smart homes and smart devices. Yeah, that's a hot topic, or, especially when you have a, a camera in the baby room and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we can definitely talk about breaches where, you know, somebody has circumvented the very, very basics of, you know, like a baby monitor and has seen videos of your baby and talked to your baby. That's absolutely real. It sounds like a horror story, but it's happened. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about other aspects, right? So let's not talk about just things that are connected that can be abused. Let's talk about smart things that are most supposed to make your life easier that have absolutely been used against you and your family yeah. and your kids. Let's talk about Google Home. Let's talk about Alexa. Yeah. For for the for the love of all things uh, safety-wise, right, um, maybe don't have those in your house or yeah. especially anywhere near your kids. Right. Let, I mean, let's be real. How many cases have you seen of Alexa or Google listening in, having, you know, uh, data uh, as far as what's going on with your conversations? What are your kids doing? You know, yeah. absolutely. It's an in-home spy. Yeah. And even right? so learning you your patterns. Your access to that. Yeah. And learning your patterns, like such as it doesn't, you know, not just Alexa, but it, like, um, your your AC and your your heat adapter, like they know when you're going, they, they document when you're going to be out of the house, just based off of what you set your temperature to when you leave the house, you know? But yeah, like there's so much information that they expose, but it's that convenience. Or like Alexa Mesh, which means, you know, with the Alexa Mesh, right? If you've got Alexa devices and somebody's, you know, using Alexa or, you know, comes through in other areas, right? somebody walks by your house, they might connect to your Alexa. Yeah, right. So there's, there's, I think there's a few different aspects that we can cover um, from these, you know, supposed smart devices, but I don't allow those in my home Yeah. for a lot know. of reasons, right? Um, 
you know, it's, you know, it's, it's as dangerous as what I would say is having, you know, in, in the network security space, an open port to the internet, uh, you know, on a firewall, right? You yeah. might as well just roll out a welcome mat and say, and leave the door open and say, hey guys, come <laughs> on and take whatever you want. Right. That, that's essentially what the, that's doing, right? So, I, you know, I'm not saying that those devices aren't great. Right. But look at, like, look at ring, ring cameras, right? Rings are great, right? Cool product. Super fun, awesome to see what's going on, but you know, let's talk about your sanctity and your privacy, right? There's been so many instances where maybe you know, uh, maybe a legal authority requests direct access to some of your devices or some history of some of your devices via yeah. Ring, right? right? Like, who else is watching? Who else is going to be seeing what happens or how you interact with that, right? So. We don't have a, a lot of those large products and what have you that could be fun. There's also a large history of abuse, right? So when you introduce those aspects to your home or you're considering that, I would say beforehand, have an accept what we call in the industry when we go uh, deploy cybersecurity solutions or even um, you know IT management solutions through partners like uh, Sherry. We have something called acceptable use policies, right? So what is mm -hmm. what are the rules of the land as far as what we're going to do and not do. What yeah. are the policies that, you know, me as somebody who is managing this is going to say, this is what we're doing. And, you know, you're agreeing to this. So almost have an acceptable use policy, right? As, as far as with your kids, right? Hey, we're going to go get you an Xbox. We're going yeah. to get you a phone. We're going to install this, this Alexa device. This is what you're allowed and not allowed to do for your safety right. and have that security conversation have that privacy conversation yeah. um you know and it sounds super cheesy but you really have to right you have to assume that anything you have that's like that could absolutely reduce your cyber kill chain and can absolutely increase your attack surface yeah and you're actually building a core memory for them when you do that because you know they're if they didn't have that and they were encountered with something negative online, um, they wouldn't have something to go back to. They wouldn't have your voice in their head saying, "Remember, don't do this, don't do that." But instead, you are taking that extra steps, even if they roll their eyes at you and and stomp away and say, "I know, mom." Even if they do that you're still telling them because you're reinforcing that voice, your voice in their head. You know, it's really interesting. I was I had a, another podcast recording with uh, Ben Jones, our director of cybersecurity and compliance. And uh, we were talking about uh, cybersecurity and the trends for 2023 and what to expect. And he said um, that basically the Alexas and, and um, smart devices in home so Internet of Things is going to explode next year. And I was like, OK, that makes sense. And um, we got on the topic about it. And, and he was like, yeah, I have a smart washer and dryer. And I pulled away and I said, no, you don't. He said, yeah, I do. I said, out of anyone I know, I thought you would be the last person to have this. And he giggled and he said, no, 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 don't get me wrong. It's on a completely different network. And it has, you know, it has the antivirus. It has everything that it absolutely needs. And it's not connected to what they personally use, the other network that they use for internet. And of course, he's he does all the cybersecurity things. So he makes sure that it's top yeah. notch for security. But Your average like, household is probably not going to have segmented networks at home for different correct. device paths. 
it's a fantastic sure. solution, but you know, not everyone's going to have that. <laughs> yeah, but it was just, it was so funny because I was like, out of anyone, I'm so shocked that you have a smart washer and dryer and a smart computer, or excuse me, a smart like refrigerator. And he was like, oh yeah, like, you know, he says, I enjoy them. They do bring convenience to my life, but I also have the privilege to lock it up and make sure that it's not letting anybody in. And not everybody's going to have the knowledge to 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 do uh, to be able to handle things like that. So I think right. you know that goes back to that acceptable use policy. If you're going to bring something into your home, introduce something to your kids, have a conversation first, right? Yeah. Like, you know those are tools and can be really fun things. Can make your life easy, right? Smart things are not going away, but be safe in how you engage it. So that that brings me into two things I think. So one of them is you know, as the steward for your households, change the passwords on all your devices, right? There's yeah. so many instances where folks never change the default passwords on their routers, on maybe anything else that connects to their systems or, or online. It could be a game system, a computer, it could be a, a tablet, it could be anything. Uh, it could be a basic uh, doggy cam. Right. Yeah. I've got a doggy cam at the house. Right. And yeah. I've got that thing locked down. But you better right. believe the first thing I ever did was change the basic password. Right. Because it's so easy to circumvent those. Oh, admin, 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 yeah. password one, two, three. Yeah, absolutely. We're already in. All right. So I would say the first thing is change your device passwords for everything. Right. Now, I'm not just, I'm not saying they have to be like, you know, noob master or anything like that. Right. But have an idea as far as what, what you could do to change those passwords if you haven't right now is the best time to go do it yeah and i want to bring up another thing that i see as as a coming trend and these are real types of attacks i'm seeing today is accepting video calls but especially phone calls from sources you don't know yeah there's a lot of scam calls where they they want you to pick up the phone Right. And just as much as they don't want you to pick up the phone, they'll add you to another robo list or what have you. They pick up the phone and you talk. They've got a recording of your voice. Yep. Now, not every kid has heard of deep fake. And I'm not saying the world is out there to to. Um, you know, go after you, but you get a recording of your voice and you, you get enough of a sample recording of voice, enough of a sample recording of video or even simply a picture then you can be impersonated, your voice can be impersonated, your, um, you can be put into a deep fake video, right? These are the, these are the breaches of trust and, and cybersecurity and privacy that your kids are gonna be growing up dealing with and yeah. are becoming more and more prevalent right now. In five, 10, 15 years, right? I absolutely expect to see some type of legislation around deep faking. Yeah. at some point i and i hope there is right I, that's the next form of abuse right who's to say that propaganda or you know joe schmo the 16 year old whiz kid down the street has a grudge against you and makes an incriminating video of you in some form or fashion using yep. deepfake right so a very real thing that i've i've witnessed in another area is the phone aspect right yeah and and within the banking industry, within finance, right? How yeah. many times do you have to call support for your bank? Oh, I'm putting on a travel advisory. Oh, I'm doing this and this. Somebody gets any idea of who you bank with, plus uh -huh. 
a little bit of basic information. And if they can sample your voice, even granted, your bank's not always going to know your voice. Mm-hmm. But are they going to be able to tell the difference? Yeah. Is that really you? Right. So, you know, if your kid, you know, has a phone or a device or something, don't take a video call from somebody you don't know. Right. If you've got a phone number, if there's a phone, right? It used to be, you know, when phones first happened, oh, yeah, it's exciting. You get a cell phone for the first time. Oh, someone's calling me. It's great. If you don't know who they are, don't pick up. Yep. Ever. Assume that there's malicious intent, right? And that makes me sound a little paranoid, and that's fine. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll roll with that. Um, but know that that can absolutely be and absolutely is a form of attack. I agree. I think it's interesting that you you brought that up um, because, ironically, I was on TikTok last night. <laughs> oh, giving away um, your personal data. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm at that point. <laughs> I've already had two videos go viral, so screw it. Um, but hey, I changed all my passwords, so that helps. <laughs> um, and this video came up talking about a new podcast that's been released called AI Podcast. And I think the first episode was a fake interview between um, Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs. Now, Steve Jobs is no longer with us. He has no longer been with us for years, but this was an interview conducted by, by the voices of Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs. And so it wasn't Joe Rogan actually doing one of his podcasts. It took his voice and his audio voices and turned it into an interview with Steve Jobs. And that's petrifying because, you know, the person on the on the video, she was saying how she's definitely in a position that somebody could do that and manipulate her position and manipulate her job because she was in such a controversial area. And she's like, this is petrifying. And they're trying to normalize this and make it seem like, oh, it's okay. Like, this is cool. Look who we get to, like, listen to. No. No. Because that opens up another dark door into the bad um, um, avenues of of what that can can create and put um, put people in positions that they don't deserve. Yeah, absolutely. That evolves to not just, you know, circumventing systems to take advantage of your finances or what have you, but it can absolutely lead down to the dark road of misinformation and propaganda and other things that we're absolutely seeing in the greater global community today. Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's terrifying. Right. Um, Let's bring it back home a little bit with something that folks can do at home to kind of get a better security as far as what's going on. So let's talk about applications um, and multi-factor authentication. Yeah. So, um, obviously, I'm biased. I work for WatchGuard Technologies. Um, <laughs> but there's an application called AuthPoint MFA. You can download it on your phone, on your iPad, your 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 Apple device, your Google device. It's free, right? And for personal use, you can use that as a third-party token authenticator. So, what yeah. does that mean? Um, if you use any applications that support uh, third-party multi-factor authentication tokens, you can have them centralized within that repository, right? So I use that with my bank. I use that with any financial transaction institutions. I use that with social media. I use that with um, anything that I have that I connect online, right? Um, Shoot, there was an Evernote breach 
um, wow. a few years ago. I used to use Evernote. I haven't touched it for years, right? But someone tried to get in on that, and that was still had uh, out of South Africa, right? Wow. But I had my MFA token on it, so they couldn't get in. I didn't wow. even use it in years. I didn't even think about it. Right. Yeah. So what I would do, it, what I suggest to you parents is any applications your kids are going to be using. Go and see if they support third party authentication tokens. If they do use something like an Authpoint MFA application. Have all your tokens in one place so that way if that data were to get out and your child's credentials were compromised or your credentials were compromised and somebody maybe goes and tries to log in and let's say you forget to change your password never happens or you know you change your password by one letter uh-huh or one word that mm -hmm. never happens mm -hmm. um right let's say that happens you know worst case scenario they get that they try to log in they don't have the specific device and methodology to log in because of that missing that third that that third party token now i do want to say right mfa is not foolproof somebody motivated enough with a personal vendetta could absolutely do something. But when you um, when you enable multi-factor authentication, right? Oh man, I have to confirm my code. Oh, it's annoying. Yeah, it might be a little obnoxious sometimes, but all you're doing is ensuring that you or your child, the person that has access, that is the only person accessing that. Now, I do want to talk about, you know, some some forms that are out there. One of the things that I would never do is SMS authentication. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you oh, you'll get a text with this number. Confirm this number. Right. That's great. That is that is a that is definitely better than not having it. But it's also text messages, as we know, we've kind of alluded to earlier, are absolutely not foolproof and very much so circumventable. We can yeah. there's something called a man in the middle attack, there's uh, other aspects that can be applied to an SMS. Uh, authentic uh, multi-factor authentication policy that could absolutely be used against you. So maybe you think you're getting something, and maybe you're not. Mm -hmm. So I would I would steer away from any of those, right? Yeah. What well, might be better if you're not going to use a third-party authentication is a, is a call verification, right? Um, you know, uh, uh, if you if they that means your bank might call you, or the application might call you and give you a code. You know, it sounds obnoxious. Oh, I gotta get to the call. But that's absolutely better than not having it. Yeah. Right? Or it's something even, your kids should develop habits for now. Or even having your information taken. Yeah. It's like if you did, you know, once your information is gone, then you kind of kick yourself in the butt and you're like, why didn't I just suck it up for three more seconds and waited to type in that code? You know, and no, I, I agree with off point. We use that as well. Um, I have I have multiples on my phone. Um, Authenticator, a lot of people do use that one. We use off point as well, of course, with WatchGuard. Um, and yeah, it, it's just having having that sense of um, extra protection. It actually makes you feel good. Like, yeah, oh, I got to put in this six digit code or however many, however many numbers. Sometimes it does change. Um, but once you're in, you're like, okay, I'm, I wasn't that bad. Cause now you're logged in. You're just, we're just being impatient at that point. That convenience factor may not necessarily be there, but it is convenient when your information isn't taken. <laughs> yes, it is. 
you know, I know we're starting to run low on time here. One thing I will reiterate, and I think we kind of alluded to at the very beginning of our conversation, Sherry, is be a safe place for your kids to go bring up questions, comments, concerns, right? Because ultimately, right, you want your you want to have that established trust with your kids, right? You want them to ultimately come to you if they don't know. Right. And and develop that trust. Right. Even if you guys had, a, you know, a skiff and you guys are might be mad because you said, no, you can't go spend the night at Jimmy's or what have you. Right. You want you want your child to be able to approach you and say, is this safe? Is this yeah. legitimate? Should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Right. My son has, um, you know, and develop those practices. Right. That circumvent. All current day. Um, whatever's going on right so right and not just from a cybersecurity perspective but from a safety and trust stuff is, is that's a whole nother thing and you know i'd like to you know we can we can spend all day on right so my son knows right if he like we've got several code words that we use right and if he says a certain code to me no matter where he is no matter what's going on it means come get me yeah right just just like oh he you know hey dad i've got I've got this. Oh, okay. I know something embarrassing happened and I'm going to come in and, you know, save the day. Right. So just like with cybersecurity, right. And, and all things parenting wise, you, you need to make sure that your kids feel they can trust you with the sanctity of whatever that future is. Right. Because uh, let's be real until the kids get to that kind of preteen age, they probably think you're pretty cool and you probably know everything. Uh, <laughs> or, at least, <laughs> or at least maybe that's how it was when I was a kid. But you want your kid to be able to approach you and say, hey, I got this weird thing, right? Develop those habits now, right? Yeah. You get something weird. You have you don't know. Is this safe? Should I send this picture? Um, is it OK to talk about this? Make sure that they're developing those habits right now, because that will develop critical thinking around what is this good thing to do? What is a good thing they, they don't want to be doing? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Adam, thank you so much for jumping on and, and talking about cybersecurity and kids. And um, if you're interested in learning more about cybersecurity and your kids and how to protect them, um, shoot us an email. Uh, go to uh, info at teamcts.com. Um, send me an email and say, hey, I love this podcast or I didn't get enough from this podcast. I want more information um, and I'll be happy to bring Adam back uh, and, and we'll talk more about this. Thanks, Jerry. Always happy to have a conversation. You know, I love what you and the CTS team are doing. You guys do such fantastic work and you're so you've got such a mind for security and all things that you guys tackle. I'm really, really proud to call you guys a partner and I think you guys do do great work. So happy to have any conversations with folks. Happy to, to come back anytime. Uh, you know, and like we said earlier in the conversation, think of this as just more of an open dialogue and an open an open breach into a very large, complicated, convoluted subject, right? With tons and tons of data, good, right, wrong, or indifferent out there. So I would say if you if you take nothing else away from today's conversation, start with having a conversation with your kids and say, maybe I don't know all the things, but let's start some baselines today that we know are safe and let's go from there.